Well, welcome back. This is the Care Team Podcast, and uh, my name is Tommy, and, and I'm joined here with Tom. And uh, this is episode 51, which means next week we celebrate our one year. That's amazing. That is awesome. So praise God. Um, but it is uh, 2nd of uh, September, and uh, we're just glad you can join us. And again, our go-to verse is Romans 12 to uh, change your mind, change your life. But as we dive in today, uh, we are going to... Uh, Dig a little deeper and see. Would we rather do one thing or the other? So, this is our yeah. This is our deeper part. This yeah, is this scary. is this is where it really gets deep. So, uh, but would you rather be a genius and know everything, or be amazing at any activity you tried? I would go with genius. Yeah, yeah, I think there too. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I would love to be able to play like basketball or baseball, but. Um, I don't know. I, yeah, because they did, but they didn't say on there you can play baseball, but you'll be dumb as a box of rocks. So well, that, that's true too. I yeah, rather, yeah, I would rather be a genius. Yeah. yeah. Um, would you? <laughs> would you rather only be able to whisper, or only be able to shout? <laughs> I think no. I think for my personality, probably shout. Yeah. For me, it would definitely be a whisper. Okay. I mean, like, yeah. But I just can't imagine you like, hey. <laughs> oh, I can't. Because that way, when I have to yell across the house for my kids, I still can do it. Otherwise, I'm going to have to walk to where they are. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> would you rather have a hundred duck-sized elephants or one elephant duck-sized? Or what? one elephant-sized duck. Excuse me. Oh gosh, say say that again. So either one hundred duck-sized <laughs> elephants in your backyard, or one elephant-sized duck. Well, now now you're now I'm going in entrepreneurial mode, <laughs> and a lot of people would pay for those little elephants. Oh yeah. So yeah. I would pick the hundred little elephants, oh, yeah, I, and I would sell them off very quickly. The man, that would be a large duck. Like, <laughs> and as and, somebody, and I've has, seen the messes they make. Yes, yeah. Well, I, I I haven't seen them up close, but I do have chickens at the house, and I can't imagine what a Enough said. Yeah. <laughs> that have to be one big lake, too. Yeah. Yeah. I, we, yeah. Our, our water bill is already going through the roof, so I couldn't imagine. So. <laughs> what a silly question. Yeah. But, uh, but as we dive in today, uh, you know, uh, Tom and I, we, we normally see, uh, you know, a lot of different um, uh, cases and challenges and scenarios when people come in for counseling. And one of one, one that is very common is anxiety and depression. Absolutely. And so... Uh, you know, I, I know that it, there's a lot with those words and those words are used a lot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I know we were actually talking the last couple of days about just using words in general. Like I, I like to get at the root of the, what the word sure. is. So Sure. Yeah. And the other thing that we were talking about is this isn't our first podcast where we've addressed um, one or both anxiety and depression. But I think um, those of you who've been tuning in regularly know there's been kind of just a little bit of a change in our format and really what we want to talk about and how we want to talk about this today is how would we counsel somebody through this if they came in, we we maybe don't know them well, and they came presenting anxiety and or depression, how would we begin to counsel them and walk them through that? And one of the, one of the very first things I would do is I would start asking questions about, you know, do you have a family history of anxiety or depression? Mm-hmm. Were there Was there anybody in your family or have you ever been treated with medication for these issues? Mm-hmm. And the reason for questions like that is to really differentiate everybody 
has anxiety and everybody at some point will feel depressed. Yep. Anybody who's going to talk in front of a crowd, if you don't feel anxious, I'm a little bit worried about you. <laughs> um, you're going to be depressed if you're, if you've lost a loved one, if you have, um, been held up in your house for a year because of COVID and you haven't had social interaction, it would be normal to be depressed. Yep. Clinical depression is at the level of the body, involves body chemistry, and that's why using something like medicine or chemistry mm -hmm. to fix chemistry. And so one of the very first things you want to do is, is answer those questions and figure out, is this something that's going to need uh, a multiple uh, level approach, like a clinical issue? Or do I need um, some tools to rest closer to Christ, to uh, maybe get out of my shell a little bit and talk to people? Mm -hmm. So anyway, not to ramble on and on, but I just wanted the listener to know that that I think very first we have to, to differentiate. Oh, no, absolutely. And and so oftentimes, you know, we'll hear maybe they're not even coming for depression, but it's another uh, challenge that they're, or another season in their life. And oftentimes, I know you hear it too, is people will say things to the effect of, well, and I also, I struggle with depression. And when, whenever I hear that, it makes me want to pause and say, okay, um, can we can we talk about that just for a second? And right. and is that a self-diagnose? Is that a from a doctor? Right. Um, you know, and if it is from a doctor, are you currently seeing someone? Um, is it, are you doing psychotherapy? Are you doing medications? Uh, or is this something you Googled on WebMD, you know? Yeah, and yeah. so, yeah, it's just important to really understand, like, what are we talking about? I think that's great. And and I know, Tommy, that you and I are definitely on the same page with this, no matter what issue we're addressing. Could be a marital issue, um, could be an addiction issue, and even with anxiety and depression, we're going to very quickly in, in the counseling session get to tell us about your prayer life. Tell us about your relationship with Christ. You know, first of all, do you have one? Is he your Lord and Savior? If he is, is that a vibrant relationship? Are you praying every day? Are you doing a devotional? Are you in the Word? Because it's it's not that you can't be depressed and have faith, but it's very hard to have a vibrant, ongoing relationship with the light of the universe yeah. and feel down. Mm -hmm. um, Amen. Now, if again, I don't want anybody out there to feel judged or put upon. If you're dealing with clinical depression and anxiety, that's a different story. Diagnosed. And, yeah, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. That's correct. Diagnosed, seen, probably had more than one opinion on that. Yes. Yeah. Um, but even then, it would do you a lot of good to get in the Word every day and to pray mm -hmm. daily and to seek the Lord. And oftentimes, that's where the answers begin to come. He'll encourage you, you know, go to the doctor. He'll encourage you, talk to your pastor. So no matter whether you are dealing with clinical or I'll say um, normal or um, run-of-the-mill depression and anxiety, Jesus is still the solution ultimately. And I, I think if you don't get anything else out of today's podcast, we want you to walk away with that. Um, I, I want to say right now that those often travel together. Why are we talking about them together? Yep. Because often you find they travel together. I often tell um, the folks that I'm working with that they're flip sides of a coin. That typically if someone comes in and tells me they're struggling with depression, I can bet they've got some level of anxiety as well yep. and vice versa. And, and I'll, I'll explain a little bit what I found over, over the years of counseling is that the relationship between those two is, is ultimately in fear and anger. Anxiety, of course, is a, a focused or an acute fear. 
Mm-hmm. Fear often leads people to become angry. And undealt with or unexpressed anger will freeze in over time and become depression. Mm-hmm. And so remember that to depress something is to shove down or to push down. So often depression is repressed or depressed emotion, often anger, fear, hurt, and anxiety can often be the, the uh, result of that starting to leak out. We, we use terms like coming out sideways. Yeah. So now you've been depressed, you're sitting on all this emotion, stuff you haven't processed, stuff you haven't dealt with, and it begins to leak out. And think of all the energy that is, that is within emotion. Anytime we feel emotional, anytime we feel angry, how much energy is there? And then imagine you've been repressing that or depressing that, holding that down, and it's like these little cracks and these little leaks begin to spring, yep. and that will come out in the form of anxiety. So if you're, if you're listening and you're struggling with one, my guess is if you're truthful, you're really dealing with the other as well. And there's no point in you know, wrestling with which came first because, again, they just kind of travel together. Yeah. Well, and, you know, one thing I was thinking about, too, is you know, as you were talking was just how prevalent this is. And, and, and just like you said before, like we want to recognize we don't want to we don't want to downplay depression, but we want to make sure we're addressing it appropriately, you know, and, and objectively. And, you know, what is it we're talking about? And we know that the depression is real. Uh, you know, one statistic I read was that since 19, I have to go back. It says people born after 1950 are 10 times more likely to experience depression than their predecessors. Mm. And then, you know, I know oftentimes it seems that, uh, and, and even within our, our, uh, our sessions, it seems like women, uh, statistically seem to be more prone to depression than men. And one of the statistics I, I read actually lined up with that. It said that women are mm. twice as likely, uh, to, to have depression than men. Well, and I think that makes perfect sense in light of, of previous, you know, comments, and that is that uh, depression is a lot about repressed and unexpressed emotion. Yep. And women, again, we're, we're drawing some big general statements here, and I know there are emotional men as well, mm-hmm. but just on average, women tend to be associated with and more aware of and in touch with their feelings. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so makes that, that makes yeah. perfect sense to me. Um, I don't mind self-disclosing that there was a time in my life when I really struggled with anxiety and even to the point of having panic attacks. And uh, one of the things I couldn't do without a panic attack was fly on a plane for, yep. for many years. And uh, I myself went and talked with somebody and they taught me a lot. And one of the things they taught me is that most panic attacks are the result of fearing a panic attack. So m- I, I can't remember the statistics and I don't have it in front of me, but a large proportion of the world's society will have at least one panic attack in their, in their lifetime. The people that form this issue are fearful of having another one. Mm. So we, we call this fear of fear or anxiety yeah. about having anxiety. And what really helped me, and I want to share this with the listeners, is to take the sting out of it. First of all and foremost, pray. God, I, I don't know if, if I can handle this. Lord, please help me to not feel anxious. And if I do, to not um, escalate that by by focusing on it. And so what I would do is I would get on an airplane and I would do something like this. And it was just self-talk, in, not out loud, just, just in my head. But I would say things like, Tom, you're probably going to have a panic attack. And you're going to sweat. And you're going to feel a little uncomfortable. And if someone notices, you might be a little embarrassed. And then guess what? 
It's going to be over and you're going to live and you're going to be fine. And the more I did that and the more I gave it to the Lord and the more I took the sting out of it, guess what? I get on a plane today and I have no problem. God has taken that from me, but I had some work to do and I had some self-talk and some rehearsal to do. So there's a lot of techniques out there. There are techniques that draw you into the moment. You know, someone once said to me that for us as human beings, we live one day at a time. So even though God is yesterday, today, and tomorrow, we're just today. So if I'm if my mind is worrying about tomorrow or yesterday, for me today, I'm in godless territory. I need to be focused on the present because God is here with me in the present. Yeah. And so if I can quit awfulizing tomorrow and quit regretting yesterday and get in get into the moment, I'm gonna be in much better shape. Yep. Well and yeah, you know, I think too about, you know, when you're talking about diving into God's word, I think about Psalm 23 and a lot of us are familiar with that. I won't read the whole thing, but you know, in Psalm 23, it, you know, it starts off by saying the Lord is my shepherd. I, I, I will not be in need. And then it goes down and, and most people are familiar with, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me, your rod and your staff, are, they, they comfort me. And then, uh, Anyways, but when I, when I think about that, uh, you know, I, I know right now, and I don't want to get political. That's not the intent, but I just want to, I just want to talk about, uh, veterans. We're, we're coming up, uh, you know, right, wrong, and different, different views. I'm not talking about that, but we had an event a couple of days ago, uh, with the, uh, in Kabul, and then we have 9-11 coming up in a couple, in a few yes. days. Yes. Um, you know, and so I know there's a lot of veterans out there and then others connected with those who, uh, who are struggling to, 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 to find peace and comfort. And there's a lot who are struggling with uh, anxiety, depression, uh, PTSD, things like that. And when I, when I see this right here, I was reminded a long time ago that, you know, when it talks about the, uh, the valley of the shadow of death, you know, it's, you know, as you, as you're navigating through that and, and that reminds me of, you know, of that as shepherds would go through this area, it would be very dangerous. There's a lot of caves where like, mm-hmm. you know, wild animals could, could devour, you know, uh, their flock or, or the shepherd himself. Right, and so, right. and so that, that reminds me of, 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 Afghanistan. That reminds me of all the mountains and all the caves. And, you know, you never really know, like, what, what are you getting into? You know, it's like, and so, and, and we read here in Psalm 23, it's like, despite all that, it's like, I fear no evil for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And it's like that, this is what we're talking about. It's, you know, that you may have, um, a, a burden, a challenge, a season in your life, but to understand that you can still find peace in that in God's word. I think that's great. You, when you bringing up the military, it just kind of reminded me that in general, there still can be a stigma around um, yep. admitting that you're suffering from anxiety or depression. And again, not to uh, overstate it, but whether we're talking about what everybody feels or a clinical, either way, there's a stigma with it. And what, what I want to say to you is that first of all, it, it is normal. And, um, luckily that stigma is beginning to go away, but you're not bad or not of faith if you have these issues. Yep. And there are several books written on it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to promote one, but if you're interested, there's something called the dark night of the soul. And I think what's really important for people to know is that even the saints of our faith, the, the, the people that we look to and go, I want to be like that person. I want to, you know, they too dealt with times when they felt utterly alone, depressed, dark, whatever. Um, 
just like for them, for you, ultimately Christ will be the answer out of that and, and will draw you out. But I just want you to know that I kind of put it this way when I was suffering back then, that better people than I have had this problem. Mm-hmm. You know, that that people that I, I really look up to and admire have dealt with this as well. You're not alone. You're not weird. It doesn't mean you don't have faith. But we do hope that through your faith, you'll get you'll get the community you need, the counseling you need. Um, if if it does involve uh, clinical help, as far as a doctor, maybe ongoing therapy, that your faith will encourage you to get into the solution yep. and be in the solution to this problem. So uh, I'll, I'll I'll pose a, a common question, uh, and uh, I, I would love to you know get your feedback on this. And uh, oftentimes we'll have someone come in and they'll say I'm. And, and they'll talk about the symptoms and, and, and it's so important to talk about the symptoms and all the symptoms, you know, from, from start to finish. Um, not just the ones you, that you want to, you know, I don't want to say cherry pick, but like, you know, sure. Every symptom so we can fully understand. Someone comes in, they say, you know, Tom, I'm, I'm struggling. Uh, here are the things I'm struggling with. Uh, how do I know, or what, what, at what point do I know I need to go seek assistance? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question. And I, I don't have a hundred percent answer, meaning I don't, I wouldn't necessarily have, you just know if you do this, Yeah. but someone once told me if you sit around, uh, they were actually talking about in context of alcoholism and this was really good. They said, non-alcoholics don't sit around and wonder if they're alcoholic. If, if you have to, if you say I've tried this, this, and this, and here are my symptoms and it's still not better. And you're wondering if you need to go see someone then go see someone. Yep. You're not going to be out anything. Yep. Now the person might say, Oh no, that doesn't sound like clinical depression or anxiety. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Great. Yeah. Praise God. That's, that's wonderful. Yeah. If you, if you go and they say, Oh yeah, you know, you're man, you just ticked off 10, 10 things that indicate yep. we probably need to look at some medication. Well, then you'll be glad you went. Praise so God if you're, if you're asking yeah. those questions, the likelihood is I'm going to encourage you to go ahead and explore that. Yep. Now at the same time, I think, and that's why I said there's not a 100% answer to that. Mm-hmm. Each case is different. And yep. oftentimes I'll get a feel for somebody saying they tried something. Well, well what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I pray, one, I pray yeah. once a week. Okay, but you don't pray every day? No. So how do you know prayer won't lift you out of what you're going through? Yeah. Um, are you in a life group? Well, no. So you're isolated and you don't really interact with people. Like, so... Again, it depends on each case is different and have you tried these other things yet? And and so that's a big, big thing when I'm meeting with somebody is let's try these other things first. Yep. If you tell me in a month you've been going to your, your life group every week, you've prayed and read your their scripture every day, you're, um, you're involving your spouse, maybe your kids if you have them in your meditation and prayer time, and man, you still just can't even barely pull yourself out of bed. Well, now we're probably looking at some clinical depression. Yep. Well, and I love that you talked, you touched on groups and, and other people. Uh, I think about Galatians 2, where it says, bear one another's burdens and therefore thereby fulfill the law of Christ. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it also talks about Galatians 2, how we all, we all have our own load, meaning like we all have a certain level of things that we're, we're, we're presented with that, you know, that are, that we carry but there's also these seasons and moments of burden, and that's where we're supposed to come along other other people, whether it be a life group or 
maybe for a temporary season, a support group or a doctor, or yeah. et cetera. But yeah. just, but just getting out there with other people. I love that. And, and, and we're not, we're not saying, uh, please hear us. We're not saying, um, you know, meds, 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 you know, psychologist, psychologist, psychologist. We're not saying no meds. We're not saying no psychologist. We're saying, you know, have the discussions, go through the proper procedures yeah. and, and, and get multiple opinions and, and execute smartly, you know, uh, based upon a, a logical next step. You know, one thing I think about too is, uh, I commonly hear is, uh, people will say things like he or she won't even get out of bed. Right. And so now you're talking about physical, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, physical health. You're talking about, yeah. uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Basically like, it's like self-care, like self-care, yeah, grooming, yeah. basic, uh, yeah, hygiene, ba- basic that, yeah, self-hygiene, yeah, yeah, right. self-hygiene. That, right. That's what I was looking for. But you know, if, if, if you're, you know, if you, if you think that this is, uh, could be the case, you know, one of the best things you can do is focus on your physical health, you know, get up, Absolutely. get, you know, get, get a good night's sleep, obviously, or best you can, uh, you know, get out of bed as, as I know that's hard, uh, you know, f- eat a balanced meal, mm-hmm. take a shower, yep. you know, like, like these are some, some just very basic physical things that can, can help you in the next step. It may sound like a mountain, you know, maybe today your, your, your job is just to get out of bed. Yep. Maybe tomorrow it's get out of bed and get a shower, you know? Absolutely. So just trying to take, you know, take care of your, your physical well-being. Well, this is something I share with people too. And, and I'm probably going to get some emails and maybe even some phone calls on this, but, uh, (laughs) this is just the truth. Anti-anxiety and antidepressive medicines are not an exact science. Yep. If you talk to most doctors and most people that have been through it, they've been through at least three medications before they find one that works. And what does works mean? Medication is not, and, and I'm, I'm saying this in quotes, medication is not meant to get you high. Yep. You, you, you have, you are at a, you have a detriment. You are at, um, a, if everybody else starts at zero, you're at minus 50. Medicine is meant to bring you up to zero. Yep. Medicine Amen. is meant to put you on an even playing field with everybody else. So guess what that means? What that means is if you have clinical depression, you will still be able to feel normal depression. Yeah. If you have clinical anxiety and you get treated, you'll be, still be able to feel regular anxiety. It's not medicine is not there to cure you. It's there to help you. It's a it's a leg up, it's a hand up, it's a help to get you so that you have level playing field with everybody else. Yep. And many, many people get on a merry-go-round that is chasing medication as an answer. Yep. And I want to say as a pastor, as a person who's suffered this, and as a person who has family members who suffer with clinical depression and anxiety, that Christ is the answer, and Christ will steer you towards other people and things that can help you, but they are not meant to be your all in all. And we can, we can, if we're not careful, we can make an idol of medication. We can make an idol of the medical world. We can even make an idol of our counselor or therapist. And we have to remember that these things and people are tools to get us to a place where we can go to the real answer. Yep. And, and I, if, if you, I can't emphasize that enough. Yep. Well, and I, I know we're coming close on time. Uh, the one thing I, I you know, I, I want to touch on too, and, and maybe we can talk about this as a, a subsequent podcast would be the importance of unrepentant sin. Mm. Uh, you know, if, 
if, if there is something that, you know, may, maybe it's not a, a, a chemical imbalance, maybe there's something else. And so, you know, diving in, like, like you said, diving That's into right. God's word, you know, coming into the light. I know Nate talked about that a few weeks ago about just the importance of being in the light of God and coming into the light. Uh, you know, a lot of things can happen if we're not, if we're not coming into the light of Christ. It's really good. And so, yeah. And, and with that too, I even think about, um, uh, the, the, the progression with that is, um, the unfortunate reality is more times than none that'll lead to other things like suicide. Absolutely. So again, not, not to try to derail the conversation. No, no, not at all. But I, I think what you're saying is that, that's, you know, um, Recently, I had an opportunity to be on a project with somebody where I, I got to write. And one of the things we were writing about is how sin festers and it festers in the dark. And, and, and just as you're saying that, you know, sin draws us to the dark because we, we have to hide. Yep. Well, depression, when, when people draw, you make people draw their emotions. Depression is always drawn as, as black or a dark room or isolated in a corner. Well, there's nothing that'll do that quicker than unconfessed or hidden sin. Yep. Amen. And so I, I love that you brought that up. I think um, I just encourage people listening that, hey, if, if Tommy was talking and that convicted you, please get with a trusted Christian brother or sister um, and and confess your sin and and walk into the light. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, as we get to wrap up, um, Tom, do you mind praying us out? I would, I would love to. Okay, Thank awesome. You. Thank you. Well, Heavenly Father, we are, as Tommy said, just grateful that we can um, reach folks through technology, through a podcast. Um, Lord, we know that um, the amount of time that we have in these podcasts, we, we could have hours of discussion and statistics, Lord, on, on um, depression and anxiety. Um, and Lord, we know that uh, solution comes in many shapes and sizes, but that ultimately you're our healer. You're the great physician. You know how our bodies are supposed to work. You know how our minds are to work, and you know our hearts because you look on our hearts and not on our outward appearance. And so, Lord, I just pray for folks suffering from anxiety and depression, Lord, that they would know freedom, that they would know happiness, that they would know joy. And, Lord, ultimately we know that is in in knowing you and knowing you better. So, Lord, I just lift up all of our listeners, their families, Um, I lift up this day that you have made and give it back to you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, don't forget, you can catch us on Thursday mornings at 7 a.m. to catch this episode or others. And next week, stay tuned. It's our one-year anniversary. We want to celebrate with you guys. But you can catch us uh, multiple different locations, Spotify, Apple, Facebook, Amazon Music, YouTube. And you can also go to mynorthside.com slash care for additional resources. Love you guys, and we'll catch you next week.